season two, episode three. Today we got an interview with my guy, Chef Lonnie G, that I recorded over the weekend. Um, so quick rundown, just how that'll go. I'm not going to go too much into it. Um, great conversation, man. We talked about my guy's background. Um, we talked about his mission, some advice for everybody, some insight on, you know, just the mindset shift that's needed to live a cleaner, healthier lifestyle with, a you know, just a different diet, a plant-based diet. That's where he's all behind. Um, and then general information for, or like insight on to going down that journey, maintaining discipline and general life advice, man. I think uh, that's one of the best things about what he does is it's not just education within the food and, and health space. It's overall, it's holistic wellness. He's looking, you know, he's similar to me, man. It's bigger than just than just this one thing. It's much broader. It's wanting to help people at a deeper, you know, damn near cellular level. You know what I mean? Um, so beautiful conversation with him. There is two points where we end up losing his audio. Uh, so I did have to cut a little bit of the episode, but everything that we do have, everything that you will hear, I think more than makes up for it for sure. Um, so there is that part and you'll know when we get there and it'll just, you know, move right over until um, ten edit into more conversation. Um, so you definitely don't lose too much. Sorry about the dirt bike. We are recording on a beautiful Tuesday um, that I've been outside. Look, like the episode of SpongeBob where SpongeBob gets normal. Nice weather we're having. <laughs> That's how I feel, man. But no, for real, it's a beautiful day out here. Beautiful day in the neighborhood. Um, going forward, there also is uh, so a game that I'm going to be playing with interview with guests. Um, I get it from Jamel Hill from her podcast, Jamel Hill's Unbothered. Uh, but how that'll go is, excuse me, that'll be, it's called I Just Want to Know. So her game is called This or That. And she does research on her guests before they come. And she asks them very specific questions that are based, you know, that only they could answer, but that would pique their interest. Um, so I wanted to do something similar with I Just Want to Know. And I just lot of three questions that I knew would um, pique his interest. So when you get to that part, you'll notice that it doesn't have the introduction of the game or the, you know, the short questions, nor does it have the very first question. So that very first question is about J. Cole, uh, Born Center and Forest Hills Drive. But I'll make sure you guys know when that's coming. All right. Enjoy the episode and the interview. What is up, ladies and gentlemen? My name is Marcus E., your main man, the same man. I'm joined here with my guy, Chef Lonnie G., the vegan chef out of Atlanta, Miami, and shit. At this point, I'm like everywhere. The man's Jamaican, y'all. Hey, so he's global, man. Yeah, he's international, Lonnie G. International. Man. How you doing today, brother? Everywhere. I'm feeling good, man. Blessed to be here. It's a beautiful Sunday. You know, it's a nice day in Miami. Yes, sir. So, yeah, yeah like you said, this is Sunday. We're, we're recording this on Sunday. This will drop on Tuesday. Um, but we had to get this out the way. This is one of those things that we've done the live. We did a Twitter space. And each time has been great conversation, great flow. And, you know, when you can tell that somebody's on the same wavelength, the similar mindset as you, you want to get able to sit down and just talk with them. So this is that. Um, and I'm sure there'll be many more of them podcasts and whatever other formats. Uh, so let's go ahead, man. <laughs> right, real right. life, all of it. We're gonna get de- deep and dirty in it. Um, right. So definitely, man. Let's let's dive into it. First question, probably the most obvious question that everybody has to ask is kind of your background. Like you know, we talked about where you're from and everything, but sure. your background as a chef, as an individual, how'd you get to become a vegan chef, a chef in general, even that? Yeah, man. So really, the story. Okay, at least starting with my background. Um, you know, like you said earlier, and I'm Jamaican, um, family from the Caribbean and stuff like that. Um, I grew up in Atlanta, and I've always been into like my family in general has always been like 
into food and cooking and stuff like that. Um, you know, they, they do catering and stuff like that. I got family members that do a lot of different stuff. So kind of just seeing that growing up, you know, saying, even seeing my parents, stuff like that, like all of that really kind of trickled down into like my own, I guess, expression of how I started doing things. You know, when I was like 12, when I was around 12, 13 years old, that's when I really kind of started getting more, I guess, locked in into the culinary world. Cause I always had a variety of different interests. You know, a lot of people don't know culinary and food was not my only thing that I was really into. You know, I've been into a lot of different stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Music was one of them heavily um, playing sports growing up, you know, football, basketball, soccer. Um, what else? Man? I was really into cars a lot growing up. Like I actually wanted to be a race car driver. That's my first dream. Okay. okay. <laughs> I wanted to be a race car driver. And I used to like, I used to want to be a car designer as well. I used to draw cars and stuff, but I wasn't really that good at that. So, you know, I kind of put that to the side, but I was into other stuff like video games, gaming, you know, Madden 2K, you know, all of that. I was into a lot of different stuff, but it was something about the food that really stuck with me. Like, I used to watch a lot of those shows on Food Network, like um, Chopped, um, Cutthroat Kitchen, um, Beat Bobby Flay, um, what's the other one, Master Chef? What's the one with, what's his name? Uh, Iron Chef. I used to watch a lot of those shows growing up, you know what I'm saying? And it inspired me. Like, I love seeing those competition shows and just seeing how they how they can compete and come up with something on the spot. And just, like, mm-hmm. it's just so much different stuff happening, you know what I'm saying? And, like, I admired that. So, in high school, that's when I really started kind of, like, getting more into it. I used to sell snacks in high school. Like, i always kind of been a hustler, really. Yeah. <laughs> I used to sell candy, chips, uh, drinks, um, cookies, all types of stuff. I make stuff from... I would literally bake stuff the night before, bag it up, and sell it to my classmates, like, the next day. You know what I'm saying? So I was doing that from, like, 10th grade to 12th grade. So, dude, those couple of years, you know, I'm practicing. I'm learning different things. And I'm not, like, master level, expert level. But I kind of started developing my love. Like, yo, I really like this, this culinary stuff. You know what I'm saying? So fast forward to high school, 12th grade year, you know. Um, everybody's applying to colleges. I, I was a good student, but I didn't want to go to college. I was like, I did four years of this already. I'm tired, man. Like, I really mm-hmm. don't want to have to do no more of this. But, you know, I had a pretty solid GPA. So I'm like, you know what? Let me um, let me just see. Let me just see if, if college is for me. So I applied to a technical college. Um, I applied to a couple colleges, but I ended up going to a technical college in Atlanta uh, for culinary arts. And, you know, it wasn't too far. Um, I was able to commute back and forth and the rest is really history. You know what I'm saying? Ever since then, you know, I've worked in the industry, I've worked in different restaurants, I've worked in bakeries. I've worked with, you know, celebrity chefs. I've worked with, you know, local private chefs, all types of stuff, catering companies. And from then on, all the way until now, um, I would say the main thing has really just been like, staying dedicated but staying adaptable at the same time because i mm-hmm. had said this in one of my videos that i posted um what was it the plates and poetry joint but i was talking about how over the years like you know the reasons why you do things change like the, the yeah. reasons that i fell in love with the culinary in the beginning is not necessarily the same for where it's at now because now it's becoming a career you know so it's like it's not that I'm not necessarily doing it for the love anymore, but now it's like, we're not just doing it for the fun. We're doing it for the funds too. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it's just like, it, it cha- it's interesting just seeing how it changes over the years and how I've changed as a person. Cause I'm not the same person that I was 10 years ago when I was 15, you know, when I was in high school. So it's been a journey, you know, but that's just some of my background to kind of get started. 
Yeah, definitely. So two things there. One, the place and poetry. That was that was beautiful, man. I, I saw that. I was like, I said, I said, okay, wait a minute. We might need to get in. We already thinking like a, your own culinary show will be fire. But I was like, damn, that right there. We got a name for it. We got the vibe for it already. So definitely. Under the Black Excellence University Network, I think we're going to have to get played some poetry going down soon enough. <laughs> nah, I def- I, that's something I'm going to definitely keep working towards um, this year. Because um, I've been into poetry a lot. I forgot to mention that. I've always been into writing and poetry a lot heavily. Really, like, when I kind of, like, graduated high school. But writing has always been, like, something I've been really good at. Even if it wasn't necessarily poetry. Like, you know, in literature classes and stuff like that, well, we had to write, like... I know from, at least in my opinion, my writing was pretty top tier. Like, I remember mm. we would have essays due the next day. You ever stayed up late night to do an essay? Like, do yes, a 10, sir. 12 page essay, I'm knocking it out. And it's like some of the best stuff I ever wrote. So, the writing, my favorite, the writing is part of my background, too. One of my favorite Drake lines when he said, I was. Uh, I was never on the way ready to get into Cambridge. I was good at math, but I'm better at language. And yeah. oh yeah, that one always stuck with me because I'm like, math was always my favorite subject, but I'm English is where I, yeah, smacked that mug. <laughs> See, I'm, I'm the opposite, bro. Math was not my favorite. I was not the best with I mean, I wasn't trash at math, but I was not, that was not my strong suit. But when it came to literature, yeah. language arts, writing, history, uh, science, oh, I got you. It's, it's, some about, <laughs> it's some about the true creatives that you realize um, there's a side to it, that especially when it comes to science, history, English, those literature, the, the abstract, the ones where there's no... Yeah. Con- that's what I was... Math specifically, I think for a while, I liked math the idea a of it being more, a simple... Yeah, there was a concrete binary, answer. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's more concrete. It's not really yeah. like... You can't, you can't really like... What's the word I'm looking for? With, with like language and writing and stuff like that, you don't really have to be super sharp with that. You know what you I'm saying? You can make your own answer. You can decide like, what the answer exactly. is. Exactly. And it's also like how you use the sides of your brain. People mm-hmm. that are good at math tend to be a little bit more on the left brain. So they're more like analytical, yeah. more logical. People on the right brain tend to be like more emotional, a bit more creative. But either way, I feel like you're still using both sides of your brain. Either way, writing with, with, with math or um, reading or writing and stuff. Well, so, okay, so three things that, that stood out to me specifically along the same lines, and this is kind of a two-part question, yeah. um, going back to your background. So one, you said, you know, you sold snacks in high school, which is funny. I, I've been saying recently, I know, you know, specifically, we had this conversation on the live about the places that we come from and the way we were raised. There's a certain mentality that we were born with that hustler energy that you have to have to make it specifically in the spaces, the industries we're in, um, but even just in life in general. And I always laugh thinking, I'm like, damn, I know a lot of people that had their own businesses, shit, when they was 12, because they were selling snacks in school, going home with $100, $200 at the end of the day. But even more specifically, you saying you were baking your own goods at that time. And then thinking about you saying, you know, how the kind of love for or the, the way that you go about it, what you're doing it for changes along the way. And one thing that I always say is, you know, the vision may be ever expanding, but the mission is always remaining the same. Um, so I'm thinking about that along the lines. You did bring up one thing specifically about, and I know you're you're this way. You want to empower people. You know, you want to bring a you're bringing a message to people outside of just eat cleaner, eat healthier, live better. You know, plant based vegan. I'm so glad you brought that up, man. Because I really, I feel like I haven't really spoken on that. I feel mm-hmm. like the way I like to do things. Sometimes I like to to just test stuff. So I'll just put little things out there just to kind of see, like. 
who's really paying attention? You know what I'm saying? Before yeah. I kind of really give the explanation of why I may be going in a different direction. But I'm so glad you brought that up because to me, it's bigger than just, you know, the food and, and the cooking and all that stuff. Like, that's great. It's a lot of people that do that in the world. I'm not the only person. But I feel like what's going to really set me apart is the is the message that I bring and, mm-hmm. you know, what the vision is really about. And like, like you said, that's one of my things that I care about a lot is I really want to empower people. I really want people to feel empowered and to believe in themselves and to, like, you know, go for their dreams and stuff like that because – we live in, in a time where we have access to so much. We got so many resources. And the last thing that you need to hold you back is a limited mindset. You know what I'm saying? And I'm, and especially with the way that I grew up and my background, you know, I grew up with, I grew up a Jehovah Witness, right? I grew up in a very religious um, household. And there were certain things about that that kind of did hinder me in certain ways. And ever since I left it and I kind of been, I've been on my own and everything, I really just start to see like, man, we all have so much greatness within us. But a lot of the times we just got a lot of limited beliefs or we got people Mm -hmm. around us with limited beliefs and they might not even recognize it. You know what I'm saying? It's such an unconscious thing. And that's the thing that I wish I really had more. Not to say that I didn't have people that believed in me and supported me. I definitely did. You know, my parents and a lot of my peers growing up, I definitely did have support. But as you kind of start to change and evolve as a person, you can kind of see how that may change in certain areas too, with how people support you and treat you, especially when you're doing something that kind of charters off into like unknown territory. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, you know, we with you, but we don't really know where you're going. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And that might make people feel uncomfortable, but like with everything I've been through in my life up until this point, you know what I'm saying? I wish like, yo, I had people like just more people like, yo, you could do it. Like keep going, bro. Like empowering. That's what we need. You need that mm-hmm. battery in your back. You know what I'm saying? So that's really like a part of my mission for me too. Like outside is just the food. Like, yo, I want you to believe in yourself. I don't even care if you ever go vegan or change your diet. Like, just believe in you, man. That's what that's what we need. We need more empowered, confident people in this world. I feel like I feel like a lot of the issues come from a lot of just insecurity and doubt. You know, I would hundred percent agree. I think uh, it's interesting. They they got the saying: if you can feed the people, you can lead the people. And one thing I take from that, specifically on you know on my side, I always find it funny because I I know you know for me. I call this is my food, right? You know, this is the version of my food. This is one of those mediums. But for you, there is the actual feeding of people that will in turn get you to leading of people. Um, but one thing I did, you know, and along those lines, I think we're in a great spot is, you know, along the, you are creative outside of just the, the culinary. You do, you know, you write, you do poetry. Um, I think a lot of what you, the way we even connected was through social media and noticing the the conversation, the things you talk about, the way that you move. And it wasn't, I, I think this was before I had seen a single plate of yours, right? So That's it wasn't great. even the idea of it being the food that drew me in, even though I also saw the food and was like, damn, this looks phenomenal. Right, uh, so it. I, I, man, yeah. And by the way, let's get that out the way. Vegan people, people really think that Vegan plant based is supposed to be uh like, think we be eating salads all the time. Man, they think you're eating salads or you you like plankton and it tastes like the burgers <laughs> plankton was making. We, they think we eat grass every day, man. It's like no, you can to, be having to show people like, hey man, take a look at take a look real quick. Just scroll for a little bit. 
<laughs> so I, I, but wow, I think that's yeah. a big thing. Like the education of it um, is such Thanks. a such a huge part of, of your side and the education outside of again, like outside of just here's a recipe. It's it's bigger than that. So I guess, you know, along those lines, how do you see those mediums coming together under one roof, but even being separate as far as, you know, they talk about seven different streams of income. Well, yeah. what would be the seven kind of branches of your tree? I like this question. This is a really good question. I've been thinking about this for a while. Like I've been want, last year, that's when I really started thinking about how I want to merge. Okay. Yeah, I know you're familiar with EYL. Right. What I love what I love about EYL is they mastered the combination of education with information. They call it edutainment. edutainment. And yes, it's like that's the it. similar path that I want to go. The food is what brings people in and draws them mm-hmm. in. It's the sensory. It's like, oh, oh my God. You know what I'm saying? That's kind of like the more entertaining side. But mm-hmm. at the same time, I want to still kick this knowledge that I have and share information that I know, you know what I'm saying? And it doesn't even have to be strictly just like regarding food. It could be about, you know, with life and a lot of different things that I, I want to definitely touch on and talk about going forward. But I feel like finding ways to be creative and overlap them is, is the way for me. And I feel like it's going to set me apart because I look at the industry and I don't really see too many people that think like me or are even necessarily doing things that I'm doing. I see a mm-hmm. lot of people that are doing similar different things in the culinary world or they may do different things outside of the culinary world, but they don't really overlap the two. You get mm-hmm. what I'm saying? It's almost like with Drake, like how he overlapped music, like with singing and rapping. Like, yeah, there was other yeah. artists that was doing it at that time, but he took it to a level that we never seen nobody do it before. He wasn't the first, but he took it to a level that we never seen nobody do it before. So with me, I think that's what that's the the route I want to go is I want to be able to take both of those different worlds and kind of kind of really more so like creating a universe of like okay you got the culinary aspect you got the spirituality aspect you know what I'm saying you have the philosophical side you got the health and wellness side you got like all these different things you know what I'm saying under this one big umbrella you know what I'm saying so to me that's more of the long term vision of like okay I'm creating a personal brand, but this brand has so many different layers to it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, but it's, 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 it's more so in increments because I realized too is people catch on at different rates and people resonate with different things, but I'm always still stay true to myself regardless of what people are resonating with. You know, I got to still make sure I'm doing me, but at the same time, I still keep in mind where people's heads are at. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, I know people are going to be very intrigued with the food off rip because who doesn't like food? You know what I'm saying? But over time, you're going to you're going to see the overlap with all the other things that I want to add. And then you'll kind of see like that, that marriage. It's going to be beautiful, man. Like, I feel like it's going to be, it's going to stand out because I don't see anybody else really doing that. You know what I'm saying? They kind of just keep it mainly about the food or whatever. And that's cool. Mm -hmm. But I feel like for me, I don't ever want to box myself in. You know, like, yeah, you may start off in a niche, but I want to branch out and do a variety of different things. Kind of like, well, Ye, Ye knew he wanted to do more than just music. He knew he wanted yeah. to do fashion. He knew he wanted to have his own brand. He knew he wanted to, you know, get into the political world. Bro, he knew he wanted to do a lot of different stuff. Now, whether he is good at that, that's subjective. You could argue that. But he still was able to do it. You know what I'm yep. saying? So that's kind of how I look at myself. I'm like, I'm creating like a whole umbrella. <laughs> 
You know what I'm saying? We just gonna have a whole bunch of different things, but we're gonna still make it like a symphony. It's still gonna all work together. Cause it's one thing to just have a bunch of random stuff and it don't really mm-hmm. connect. But when it like all, when it all like flows, it's a beautiful thing. And and I the thing it- is, people are not even gonna realize. Well, you're smart, so you're different. You kind of peak game early, <laughs> but most people are not really realizing or maybe not connecting those dots yet. Of like, what is he doing? Like, why is he mm-hmm. doing this on that? Why is he having a poem over the <laughs> recipe? Like, what? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's what I want you to think. Like, Ooh, and that's what I want you to think. You know I want you to be confused because it's gonna make sense in the end. It's if you're asking too many end. questions right now, you're simply asking too many questions right now. But that's the beauty, though. Sometimes when you give all the answers away too early, then it's like, eh, it kind of takes the fun out of it. So mm-hmm. the beauty is in the journey and, like, you know, just letting things unfold. And if you are paying attention and you kind of see things, you can kind of connect those dots. Like, oh, okay, I see what he's doing with that. I see he's doing with this, you know? That's how you build an ecosystem, man. That is, I mean, I think one thing, especially as we, we've seen, starting with Jay, um, but even since, you know, you brought up Kanye, the Nipsey, the Drake, that vertical integration method of what what the other side has been doing for the entire time. And we are just kind of getting hip to, but we're getting hip to it, I think, at enough of a rate and at a fast enough pace and having the, the models to see do it where it's like, oh, wait a minute. OK, it can start here and seem like this is the base level. This is what it comes from. But it, it is literally it's that tree. The roots are so deep. The foundation so wide. I, that's what I describe it as. If you built that foundation extremely wide, so if you call it culinary, you know, as the foundation, you can go as high as you want to. Since the sky is literally at the limit and the sky is endless at that point. I think literally. that's beautiful, man. And it's so crazy. I'm going to add on to that. I look at somebody like Tabathia Brown as like a perfect example. I don't know if you know who she is, but mm-hmm. the, what she did, with how she started is crazy. Like she literally just started posting her vids on TikTok. You know what I'm saying? With her cooking and stuff like that. But people fell in love with her personality and just who she is that anything that she touched, people was like, oh my God. Yeah. And that's what I realized. That's the real secret. You know what I'm saying? Her food, to me, is pretty solid. You know what I'm saying? But you could make the argument that there's a bunch of other people who's way better at cooking than she is. But you didn't fall in love with her off the cooking. You fell in love with her based off her personality and just who she is as a person. And that's what creates the brand. Then, no matter what you do, you go be on the Ellen show or you put out a cookbook. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, she dropped that. I like her. I'm going to go buy yep. that. And that's, that's the branding side. You know what I'm saying? Because now people have bought into you as a person, as a brand. It don't matter what you do. So if I go be like, yo, I'm, I'm speaking at an event. I'm doing a TED Talk. You know what I'm saying? I'm doing an open mic. You know what I'm saying? People rock with me. So they're going to be like, yo, I'll pull up. And I know his food valid. You know what I'm saying? So there might be some food there. You get what I'm saying? Like, exactly. it gets to the point where it's no longer just about the thing that you started with. It's about who you are as a person, who you are as a brand. There's a there's a saying specifically amongst the, you know, because my, my background being marketing and branding, there's a, a saying that we have, you know, the best brands, the best businesses are simply extensions of the, you know, the person that owns them, the person that started it. And I think, you know, as the idea is like as it goes, it's really just you're seeing shifts in the individual's personality or along their journey. So it's like, OK, I'm at this point now and it reflects in my business. It reflects in my brand. And I think um Definitely one thing that I, pre- I preach with creators and everything is 
you know, you are your most valuable product in that exact for that exact reason. If everything else around it is amazing, that's that's all for the better. But because people are coming and you're building a community, and, you know, a brand and audience around you, people are like you brought up Ted. That's how you form those positions of equity. You bring up people may not know what the hell a TED talk is. They've never heard of it in their life, but they know, but they know who you're you about are. to be. Yeah, so yeah, you go and say I'm doing a TED talk. Well, now not only are they you know coming to find out about TED, but shit, you now you go and put your name on some stuff. You put some you know some brand partnership together because you're bringing an entirely new audience to them simply off of your name, off of your you know the NIL side of it. That's what's so interesting about the college athletes right now with NIL. How many players are going to these, you know, smaller schools but bringing ridiculous attention to the school all because of the individual's name? That's literally what I think Dion that is one did. beautiful thing. That's yeah, literally, that's what, literally Dion what Dion did. did. I mean, what's his name? But JSU. Yep. And, and you see how that worked. I feel like the situation with Dion was so interesting, though, because I feel like he did his part. He played his role. And I don't really think there was anything else left for him to do. A lot of people was mad that he left, but I'm like, mm-hmm. what What else is he supposed to do? The school already wasn't even trying to pay nobody. You know what I'm saying? So it's like Dion took that 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 college from being a no-name school to everybody know GSU on the map. And then they had a winning season, went undefeated, and went to the championship. What more could you ask? We have amongst you know our community – I think our big issue and and it sucks probably because, you know, everybody hates when you tie things back to slavery, but you also can tie a lot of things back to slavery. And I think in that sense of, you know, the Emancipation Proclamation, the way we, you know, Christianity was kind of forced on us, the way we were taught to look at Jesus Christ and and look at God. We have this savior expectation complex. complex. Mm -hmm. And we're always thinking we, we not only are always expecting somebody to come save, to come pull us out the mud. But it's this idea that if somebody does, they owe it to us to continue to to save, especially whether yeah. the you know the gratitude is there or not. It's that expectation that well, you did it once, I expect you to continue do to do again. it again. And it's like, yeah. well, at some point, I got a self preservation. I got to save myself. Because if I don't have uh, enough, if I don't have enough of my tank, then my cup mm-hmm. not running over. How am I gonna be able to give to y'all? Because I look at, I'm like, well, with Dion by going to Colorado. If anything, in, in my mind, that's saying, okay, that's the double up. He brought a bunch of coaches from Jackson State. So now it's a bunch of black coaches at a D1 school getting more money than they've ever seen. And more a exposure. bunch of players, more exposure. Right. So these guys can now go to the league. Games. Yeah, so, right. All they got to, you got an OC that now, he, Dion, well, you know, they can coach for a good while. But Dion, you're now putting a guy at that point where he can now go be a coach, you know, at somewhere else if they do well enough. I very much agree that, yeah, he he did more than his job. And uh, the slander, any, um, you know, bad talk on his name regarding that is – I don't want to – I hate doing the that's what's wrong with our community thing, but that very much is what's wrong with our culture, man. It's – it hurts to see it because it feels like you can only do so much right but that's what Until I'm saying. Until somebody's going to call it wrong. It's it's only so much that one person can do. And I feel like, if anything, what Dion did should be an inspiration and should be looked at as something that other players or even other ex-players or whatever, if y'all really are serious about the HBCUs and y'all really want to elevate them and take them to their next mm-hmm. level and get, let them have that respect, then why does it take for only one Dion to do it? There's a ton of yep. retired players that could be doing what he's doing. I heard, what's his name? Ed Reed. He was doing something at the HBCU. I forgot which name it was. 
Uh, but Bethune um, Cookman, I think. I think that's what it was. And he was um, yeah. coaching over there and stuff like that. But they got to understand, too, these HBCUs don't have the same budget and the same amount of money that these mm-hmm. top D1 schools have. Alabama's getting national televised games every other week. All right, they're boosters. Yeah, you mean you talk about the people coming. You get what I'm saying? They in the SEC. The SEC is what? The biggest conference in college football. Yeah, that's an, that's an entire government body you right there. <laughs> I love that analogy. Man, that government hey, body. That's right. Yeah, and they I don't say, even watch college football me. as much. But I already, I already know from what I did, I used to watch college football heavy. I already know how they be rolling. It's a running joke, like, who's got more power in the state of Alabama, the governor or Nick Saban? And I'm like, oh shit, y'all laughing, but <laughs> <laughs> it might be Nick Saban. <laughs> uh, <laughs> who, are we, who are we kidding here? Uh, yes. No, man, I definitely, I think so. Along those lines, I think we're in an interesting spot. Because one thing we did get toward, and you, you had talked about, you know, again, talking about the ecosystem, and you, you said the spirituality, the philosophy, um, and then even talking about this education side, this kind of change in yeah. narratives of it. One thing that I, I heard recently, and I never even looked at it this way, you know, people talk about health as well. And this big thing that I think another thing, you know, talking about vertical integration, these things that are coming, words, buzzwords, phrases, but that actually means something that are coming into our community, coming into our culture. Generational wealth being a, a big thing that everybody talks about. But people don't talk enough about health being a former generational wealth. Like, you know, not only the passing down of good genes and good habits, but the knowledge, the, the simply knowledge and the narrative changing the standard of this is not how we we do not move this way because it is detrimental to our health and our longevity in that sense. So I guess, you know, along those lines, one what do you how do we begin to kind of change that narrative long term? How do we change not just for vegan, not just for now, but to make it a long-term thing of understanding. Yeah, that, that we're not only passing down assets, we need to be passing down good, like, truly, to be honest, truly good so, health. Going back to just the financial, even like the generational wealth, I feel like to me it's always all one and the same. You know, it always It's always going to start with a mindset. Until we change our mindset on how we look at our eating habits and how we look at food and different things like that, it's really just going to be the same. And to me, that's that's the answer I came to. I just had a conversation with somebody um, earlier today. He was ta- I was telling him about how I had made the switch to go um, eat more plant-based, stuff like that. And I told him, like, yo, when I first switched, I thought this was the craziest thing ever. I was like, what you mean? Mm-hmm. Me and dairy is not this and that. You know, a black guy that I met, I used to work at this grocery store in Atlanta. And this black guy walks in and he's telling me how he's vegan. He don't eat meat and dairy. And he's telling me about his life. I'm ringing up his groceries looking like, yo, what? He's bugging. Like, I heard about vegetarian and stuff like that, but I never heard nobody say that before. And I was like, yo, this is insane. But it had me thinking. And he told me about this documentary called What the Health on Netflix. If you mm-hmm. haven't seen it, it's a great it's a great watch. But um, that documentary opened my eyes up and everything. And, you know, through my whole journey, you know, after I, I watched the documentary and I read a book, I read a couple books and I did my research on things. Once I got that factual information, that's what really stuck with me. Because then I started, I started like creating my why. Like, okay, so why are we going to stick with this? Why is your health important to you? You know what I'm saying? Why do you not going to eat certain things anymore? That's the real question that a lot of us don't ask enough. 
You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Because we always talking about we want to change, but you got to really give yourself a solid reason. Like, okay, why are you changing? And why are you going to stick to it? Because I promise you, if you don't, if you don't have a strong enough why, you're going to go right back to doing the same thing. Yep. It's like when you go into yep. the gym. We care so much about our physical, external health, but we don't really care about our internal health as much. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And it's like, we'll go to the gym. Oh, yeah, we in that gym. But you know what I'm saying? We're not going to change what we eating. You could go to the gym and work out all you want, but there's a reason why these diseases are getting passed down from generation to generation. Mm-hmm. Why is every single generation of family having diabetes and cancer, heart heart attacks, strokes, all of that stuff? Nobody talks about yep. that. We just be like, oh, that's just the way it is. It's running my family. Bro, it don't run in oh, family, my goodness. Bro. It's the habits. It's the habits. Because <laughs> I promise you, look, because look, if my family, look, 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 if I start a family, right, I'm plant-based, I eat healthy, I take care of myself. But my wife or, you know, my girl, whoever, if if she if she's plant-based, take care of herself, and she's healthy, right? Let's say we have a kid, right? How they gonna most likely eat? They gonna most likely eat a plant-based diet and they gonna mm-hmm. be good. You know what I'm saying? So then we gonna live a whole X amount of years and we probably not gonna have no diseases in that little family, right? So then my yep. kid goes has a kid and now they're plant-based and then they have another person that's plant-based and they have a kid. So boom, now they got another family. You see how the cycle like restarted? <laughs> it went from disease, 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 disease to it stopped with me. Now everybody's healthy going on. And that's, that's how simple it really could be. But we don't be thinking about it like that. So it's always, to me, it's going to be the mindset shift. Until we start changing how we think, it's going to be the same thing over and over. As long so, as we keep thinking that, oh, well, I'm going to just go to McDonald's, I'm going to go to Wendy's, and I get it. You got to do what you got to do. Everybody, got everybody, everybody has different realities. I can't be the one to judge that. But you can't complain about a problem but not want to create no solution. You can't be and like, oh. when somebody you gives can... you the direct solution and then you scoff at it. That's what I'm simply, because you, you, <laughs> when your answer it's not is, what you want to hear. I That's don't why. know, right? Like, <laughs> because I don't know anything about that. Okay, I'm trying to tell you about. Like, it's, I'm not just giving it to you. I'm not sending you up a river without a paddle. I'm right. literally teaching you to fish. I'm giving you the boat. I'm giving you the rod, and I'm teaching you to fish. And ju- I'm telling you where to go fishing. All of this. All you got to. Oh, but you're scared of water. Gotcha. Okay, sorry. You don't want to. You, you don't, don't want to. don't want to change that much. <laughs> you're not looking and to, to fish be honest, for real. That's that's the conclusion I've come to. With some individuals, it's not everybody, but mm-hmm. I think what I had to realize is that some people just don't want to change. I literally posted a video about that earlier today. When you make certain changes in your life, you can't necessarily expect everybody to be on that same journey. Everybody yep. don't have their own timing and their own process with how they do things. And that's what I realized with me. When that guy told me what he told me in that supermarket, I never forgot it. It's crazy how I'm still telling that story. Mm-hmm. It stuck I with me because I ain't never heard nothing like that before. I didn't grow up eating like that, bro. I grew, I'm Jamaican, bro. Like, we eating curry chicken, jerk chicken. You know, like, I ate regular food like everybody else. Chick-fil-A, yeah. Wendy's, you know, the whole nine. So I'm coming from that mindset going to where he's talking about. I'm like, damn, okay, this is new. You know, I'm an open-minded person naturally. But it still took a little bit for me to be like, okay, why is he saying all of this? Because it gotta be, it gotta be somewhere true if he really just not eating like that. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think people are afraid of. They don't want to lean into that why. Because when you lean into that why, it makes you have to uncover and unpack and ask yourself those real questions. Like, damn. So why do I eat like this? Oh, I've been eating like this because this is what my mom and my dad told me I should eat like. 
And then why was their mom and dad eating like that? Because that's what they was told to eat. And then you see the you once you see the pattern, it's like oh, mm-hmm. the light bulb goes off. Oh, okay, it's the conditioning. They my parents are taught to eat like this by their parents, and their parents are taught to eat like this by their parents, and it just. So to end the cycle, somebody got to have a different thought. Somebody got to be like, nah, we not doing that. My family not going to have no heart attacks, no diabetes, no cancer, no strokes, no high blood pressure. That's not going to be in my family. Somebody got to be the one to step up and say it. You know I love saying? it. I, uh, I tweeted four days ago because you, you just spawned. I was thinking about the tweet, but you just spawned like two, two different ideas. I had said, you know, the truth is most people fear growth. But you just made me even think, because I, I hate the word, I hate saying generational curses. Right? I think about, you know, we all still exist with, we have the monkey brain, you know, the, the caveman brain that still thinks, um, you know, a lion's chasing us anytime we, we have that fear. Anytime, you know, the amygdala was like, oh shit, and we have the fight or flight, we, we fight. Um, but I look at, just now I was thinking, I like much better the idea of, you know, those are generational choices, and they talk about being the curse breaker. I think what we're talking about specifically is not even being the curse breaker, but a choice maker, right? Like it's a generational choice maker. You're just deciding to do different. And That's once it. that one individual decides no more, we're doing it. I, I, I loved, you know, Sarah Jakes Roberts. She had said recently, she's like, the idea behind, you know, getting back what the enemy stole, this is not retaliation, it's restoration. Well, yeah. it's not what was taken from them, it's what they never got a chance to have. And I wow. looked at, I was like, yo, that, that shifted so much for me because I was looking at it like that's, this is not about payback. I'm like, it's not a strike back. It's a stand up. It's finally saying, fuck it. This is for them tomorrow and for, for them in the past. And I, don't, I think when you start to look at things like that, it changes the whole you know vibe of the mission. Because it's like there's no more um, like animosity or like hatred or anything behind it. There's no more like fear of lack. You simply are looking at what, what can be and what is you know to come and simply what you can create. And like you said, once somebody has that thought and says, okay, this is what it will be, it's now simply making it happen. I'm yeah. like that 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 simple shift in perspective, like you said, the mindset of it, you shift that mindset and it's a whole different ball game that you're playing. You're no longer and playing you know a game, you're building the game to for anybody else that wants to play it. And I think the beautiful thing what I realized too is even with some of my clients, a lot of the times we really got to, we have to start with the youth. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? The next generation, you know, oh, the, yes. younger, the younger people, they're the ones that are the most impressionable. So the if you look at it, bro, kids, kids are so open-minded to trying new things, bro. You give a kid something they never had, like, ooh, what's dates? I never had that. <laughs> like, yo, dates is like a really big raisin, but it tastes good. I promise you'll like it. You give it to a kid, they eat it. Dates are hella good for you. Good antioxidants, mm-hmm. all that stuff, right? Fiber, protein, all that stuff. And it's a natural sweetener, you know what I'm saying? Get off that artificial fake white sugar and shit. Dates. But, um, yeah, like, it start with the youth, you know what I'm saying? And that's what I'm realizing, like, we got to start shifting the mindsets of the youth coming up because they going to be the next generations. You know what I'm saying? And technically we are part mm-hmm. of the youth too, because we still young as hell. Yeah. It's, it's with us because to be honest, like the old, most of the older generations, a lot of times are already set in their ways. Mm-hmm. So I'm not really expecting them to change that much because they already have their own ways of, of thinking. And for a lot of them, it's kind of set in stone. You could tell them a million things. You could come with facts, research, and they still might not listen to you. 
So do you spend all your energy trying to convince people that don't want to listen? Or do you spend your energy and time on the people that are willing to listen? And that's what I realized. So we start focusing on the youth. That way we can start making better choices. And once it becomes a habit, it's easy, bro. Start taking the kids to the juice shop. Start taking the kids to the juice bar. Start taking kids to a farm. You know what I'm saying? Show them where the real vegetables come out the ground, out the earth. Let them touch it so they know where their food come from. The food don't mm-hmm. come from Whole Foods. The food don't come from Publix. The food don't come from Walmart, bro. That's a store. I love that. Oh, my God. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm I love saying? That. But it's, this is what I learned in culinary school, too, because we had a class on this. Like, the disconnect between consumers and the end product. I mean, not consumers and the end product. Consumers and the process of how they get their end product is so big. Mm-hmm. Like, all you see is the chicken wrapped up in the package at the store. You don't see the yeah. fact that the chicken got his head cut off and had they had to bleed it out and do all that and skin it and do all that stuff. You know what I'm saying? You don't see none of that. You just see the nice mm-hmm. little thing in the package. Ooh, $7.99 a pound. You get what I'm saying? So once you start seeing more of the process and you look at things from a more holistic perspective, then it'll kind of start changing how you look at stuff. If you started showing kids slaughterhouse videos, which is kind of graphic <laughs> to show kids, but... yeah. Maybe if they're like teenagers, they could probably see that. If you show a couple of teenagers like starter house videos and they see what happens and stuff like that and how they treat these animals and stuff like that, do you think they would want to eat that when they go home? Like, yo, that's your McNuggets right there. Like, it's it get deep, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's a, it's an uncomfortable conversation, but it's like that's what it took no, you're for right. me because I had to see all of that crazy stuff to be like, yo, this is mm-hmm. crazy. Like, I'm really eating this, bro. No way. <laughs> like, what? You know what I'm saying? But that's the ugly side. And there's a reason why the industry don't show you none of that. There's a reason why oh, yeah. these companies and stuff like that. Bro, that What the Hell documentary shook me, bro. Because they started talking about that stuff. I was like, yo, this is crazy, bro. Most of America don't even know have this stuff. Even mm-hmm. the practices in America that have with the food does not happen in other countries. There's foods and stuff like banned in America that's banned in other countries that they have in America. Yeah. That's a whole other conversation, man. But it's no, yeah, I feel like it really, it really, it really, I kind of went down a tangent, but it really just starts with the mindset, and I feel like us as the youth, that's how we start making better, like you said, generational choices. You know, yeah. No, that's a perfect spot. I think uh, so. Uh, when I was younger, my um, my stepmom, I remember my stepmom and my, and my younger sister. Now yeah. they are they're currently. They are nearly big. They're pescatarian, essentially. Uh, okay. But they, you know, gen- they no red meat whatsoever. And and simply just very healthy. I remember back when I was probably nine, ten. No, no, I would say, yeah, probably nine, ten, that nine to eleven range. They had stopped drinking dairy milk. That they were already they were drinking almond milk, oat milk. So this is two thousand. That was my mom years ago. Yeah. My brother used to laugh at her. Could you get I remember milk? what? I laughed. I was like, yo, that, y'all are tripping. 2%? Bro, yes, it was that. Like they, oh they wouldn't. They were God. drinking almond milk, um, coconut water, all these different things. And I was like, yeah. "Yo, this is you know crazy." Long story short, come to about twenty twenty. I now I, I'm not plant based now. I'm yeah. much healthier than I you know used to be and have ever been. But I was plant based and essentially fully vegan for about a year um, when okay. the pandemic struck. And a lot of that was just being inside. I was like, fuck, you know, I'm cooking much more. Um, I was, you know, living, I moved out of my apartment for a while. So, yeah, I was like, you know, cooking my own stuff. And that whole span is when I cut out milk. But like you said, talking about, you know, showing kids the 
and maybe as you know a little bit older but 20 year old me saw that video of the cows getting milked with the blood and the pus and i was like yo this is fucking crazy and i have not i've not had dairy milk since that similar thing with they got the video of how you make the hot dogs and i and i was like no nah, i'm good niggas started niggas talking about glizzies and stuff i'm like nah man that's not me <laughs> no thank you bro i already don't like what y'all are calling it but if you've seen the video of how what you're talking about gets made have you, no, see, thank have you, you. seen the pink slime video where how they make the, the pink nuggets? slime fucked me up oh, oh man God. i saw that in ninth grade though when i was in high school i remember yeah. one of my math teachers was playing it on the on the on the thing he was like y'all know how uh mcdonald's nuggets are made he was like what crazy man so along even perfect question and i i know you know this is kind of a two-sided quarter like two ways you could go with this it's up to you but even thinking about you know at that time like you said you laughing at your mom you and your brother laughing at your mom at that time me laughing at my mom and my sister what is the individual that's laughing when you changed in 2017 and people laughed at you i remember my friends i had a friend i was making him i had him come over a few nights to have yeah. dinner each night it was beyond meat like so it was a burger spaghetti whatever beyond yeah. me i even i had him had chicken sausage one night he thought he had a hot dog but it was chicken sausage okay and he loved it he was like yo this is fire everything but he didn't know none of it at any point did he know so i'm wondering like what is the person with the traditional the average the standard american diet what are they what are they missing out on either on the knowledge side or simply like what do you even the taste the taste of being vegan like the lifestyle of being vegan plant-based what are they missing out on mm. i feel like to be i mean okay look this is a this is a, a way that i kind of started formulating in my mind because it's not necessarily that you're okay you gotta you kind of gotta change it from looking at it as i'm missing out on something to more so what am i actually gaining from making this lifestyle choice mm-hmm. too many people look at it as if they're taking an l but it's like you're not really taking an l it's more so like i'm actually gaining a whole lot more i'm gaining life bro yeah like, i'll give you a perfect example right before i switched i had bad allergies i said when the pollen would come oh my god bro sneezing like crazy eyes getting itchy you know what i'm saying i used to have bad allergies i used to have acne I used to drink a lot of soda, all that stuff like that, acne on my forehead and everything, right? And once I cut out a lot of that dairy and all that meat and stuff like that, right away, bro. Naturally, went away. Mm-hmm. I don't even have allergies no more. I don't, And I haven't been sick since. It's been six years that I have not been sick. I've gotten a sore throat here and there, but I know yeah. sometimes I'll get a sore throat if I'm eating too much like sugary stuff because it builds up the mucus. Or if mm-hmm. I if I if I like smoke too much, that could build up mucus as well. But other than that, I have not been sick. And disease actually is because of mucus as well. Doctor Savi talked about that. But um, that's we the gotta, thing we I should to go realize. there too. We should go there. We should. We, now, yeah. Not yet. Let me get this. Let me get this point through. I got you now, one hundred percent. But um. Yeah, you got to look at what you're gaining and not what you're losing. Because if you look at it with, oh, I'm losing something. I can't eat this, 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 and this no more. Oh, man, I'm losing. But it's like, no, you got to look at it as this. Like, yo, I'm really gaining a lot. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And I think once you this, – this is why information and knowledge is so important. Because the average mm-hmm. person, especially from going to culinary school, the average person does not know that much about food and cooking already, bro. 
yeah. you know, and it's not necessarily to be on some tutor, tutor my own horn, because if I didn't go to school and if I wasn't interested enough, I wouldn't know that much about food and cooking either. Yeah. So I would be in the same boat like everybody else. But that's what I realized. Most people don't know enough. They don't want to go learn about all the different varieties of apples. There's over 5,000 types of apples. You get what I'm saying? There's so I many different things. Bro, there's so <laughs> many different things out here in this world. So it's just like a lot of the times it's lack of information and lack of motive on people's part. They don't want to go learn and go try new ex- experiment, new things, bro. I had to get up my comfort zone and literally eat foods that I never thought I would eat. But I was like, yo, we got it. We got to start experimenting. When I was in culinary school and I had made the switch, my chef instructor used to let me cook the plant-based option or do the vegan or vegetarian option in class because they knew I wasn't eating meat. And I was mm-hmm. like, that helped me be more creative. So when I'm going home, I'm thinking about, yo, That's what dope. can I eat for dinner tonight? So all these recipes y'all see me creating, this is literally years in the making. Like yeah. a lot of these, some of these recipes are old, bro. Like I was making chickpea curry and stuff like that back in 2017, 2018. You know what I'm saying? That's one of the first few meals I learned how to master. You know what I'm saying? So I had to teach myself a lot of different stuff and be open to learning new things. Learning about when I go to the grocery store. Oh, I never had oyster mushrooms before. Oh, I can actually fry those up crispy and have them like wings. Oh, shoot. Put some sauce on it. That's crazy. I didn't know that was a thing. And then being tapped in on social media and on the Internet and just following different people that's creating. You learn you know what I'm saying? The same way a lot of people are learning from me right now. They're seeing like, wow, I didn't know that you could eat all this stuff as a vegan. I didn't know that you could, I didn't know people that was plant-based ate that good. I'm like, bro, because you're not missing anything. You're gaining. And what I realize is when you eat meat, bro, you don't necessarily like the taste of meat. You like the seasoning and the texture. Mm-hmm. Think about it for a second. Mm-hmm. Who, is, who do you know? That look like this. Well, not necessarily look like this. But who do you know is going to eat some chicken with no seasoning on it or no sauce just because they like the flavor of chicken? <laughs> exactly. Nobody. No damn body. Especially when we look like this. Yeah, you're right. That's you know right. what I'm saying? So it's just like when you think about that, it's like what am I really eating it for? Mm-hmm. I had... So once I came to that realization, I was like, yo, I don't really like chicken. I just like the seasoning and the texture. That seasoning and that texture just make it, it's that combination that make it taste good. But it's not mm-hmm. the chicken itself that I like. Because you're, you're not eating no bland chicken. Now, what about the people that say, well, what about people that eat steak raw? Well, that's different. You know what I'm saying? Because some people might just, they eat it for like, they eat it for the quote unquote nutritional benefits but you don't mm-hmm. even need to be eating necessarily steak to get protein and stuff like that that's the whole myth in itself because protein comes from plants and the mm-hmm. animals eat the plants and the animals get the protein in their body you know what i'm saying so it's just yeah, like that was a huge shift for bro, me too it's learning layers, that. it's layers and that's just what i tell people before you make certain decisions please do your research like, even, mm-hmm. even if you're listening to this podcast and you're hearing me say all this different stuff and you're like, oh, he sound like he know what he's talking about. Yes, I do know what I'm talking about. But please do your research and learn for yourself. Because the yep. problem that a lot of, I see a lot of the time, and I'm not the spokesperson for, like, you know, the vegan movement, plant-based, whatever. But a lot of the times is people are not doing enough research and figuring out what's going to work for their life. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's a lot of different things that you need to know. Your body type, what's your blood type. What are your lifestyle choices? It's a lot of different things that you got to keep in mind. So, 
you have to think about that. You know what I'm saying? But overall, I feel like, nah, man, you're not losing. Trust me, you're gaining. You're gaining. My immune system has been sharper. My mindset has been sharper. I'm a lot more creative. I'm not going to say it's 100% on just on what I eat, but, bro, what you eat plays a very big role. You know, your brain is your second gut. So whatever you're putting in your system is literally affecting your mood and how you feel. When you eat a really good meal and you feel energized, bro, I can eat a good meal and I can be energized to go hoop right after. When I used to be eating a bunch of meat and stuff like that, I used to feel sluggish, tired. I got mm-hmm. the itis. You know how I have the Thanksgiving dinner or whatever? You yeah. got the itis. It's like, bro, I don't feel like that after I eat. I'm charged up. Because I know what I'm putting in my body is giving me the right nutrients to have energy. People talk about how they're so tired and they don't have no energy. What are you eating? You know what I'm saying? It's obviously only not what you're eating. You know, sleep and all the other stuff play a role. Right, right. The food is 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 a is a main one because that's the fuel that you're literally putting in yourself to keep yourself going. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? I know I gave a long one to answer, but no, you because you went right toward. So I mean, I, I honestly keep going. My next question was going to be: How does eating and li- eating better and you know living cleaner boost your productivity, your confidence, you know your mental state? Because uh, mm-hmm. I think you know that's a, especially you bringing up like. You know, eating a good meal and like like you said, your gut being your second brain. I think people so often don't realize, you know, again, talking about the way that health in general is a holistic top down thing. And it, a lot of that does come from, yeah, what you're fueling your body with, how you sleep is, de- you know, dependent on what you're eating. All those different things go directly back to what you're putting into your mouth. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I love to keep going along that line. Facts. And I think that's what I realized the most is that people don't understand. Some people don't understand that it's a holistic thing. Mind, body and soul, they all work together. So when one is out of sync, it kind of throws off the rest of them. You know what I'm saying? Because when your body is in a good space, most of the time your mind will be clear and your spirit will feel good. You know what I'm saying? And once I started realizing that, I'm like, okay. I'm creating, I'm getting way better ideas, bro. I'm way more creative. I'm way more sharp. You know what I'm saying? I've always been like pretty creative and stuff like that, but I see the difference. Even on days when I don't necessarily eat like the best, you know, I have my days I eat junk food and stuff like that, a little vegan junk food or whatever. And I still, I feel the difference. I'm like, yeah, I'm not really on my A game, mm-hmm. but when I have my smoothie in the morning, you know what I'm saying? Have me a good little kale salad, whatever. Boom, I have me a nice dinner. Like, I'm like, yeah. I'm ready, bro. <laughs> you know, like it's it's a complete difference. I'm trying to tell you. So it's like it plays a long role. Even looking at athletes, bro. LeBron invests a million plus in his body. LeBron is not yeah. plant based, but even he knows he's an athlete. I mean, people are gonna be like, well, obviously he's an athlete. He got to take care of his body. But it's not even about if you're an athlete or not. You know what I'm saying? Like it's that return. It's how you on build in, Iron Man. It's the return on the investment of like, yo, me investing in my health and making sure I'm good is gonna help me down the line. And that's what people don't understand too, is you got to think long-term with this. A lot Mm -hmm. of the times our age, we young, we don't be thinking about it like that. You don't be thinking like, yo, I'm going to be 40, 50 one day. You know what I'm saying? If I keep eating how I'm eating, if I keep eating how I'm eating, eating four for four, some Wendy's and drinking Hennessy every night. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, bro, knock you down. By the time you 30, it's going to catch up with you. I'm trying to tell you. I be seeing it. I be I work with older people and shit, bro. I be seeing it. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. man, I'm like it's not to judge those people, but it's just like you make certain decisions and you get certain outcomes. 
Yep. You get what I'm saying? Play, so I started playing realizing. stupid games, stupid prizes. <laughs> so it's like, if you don't take care of yourself now, don't think it's not going to catch up with you when you're older. And I get mm-hmm. it, you know, life can be short, YOLO. But at the same time, we, we still going to be here. <laughs> you might not die tomorrow. You actually might live to 99. Now what? <laughs> you're now you know exactly. That's, that's exactly it, right? Because you want to so, be old and decrepit? You know what I'm saying? So it's like, you know, you just got to think long term and, and research everything and understand the connection that they all have. Mind, body, and soul. It's all in one. When you're feeling good in all three of those areas, it's going to show. And people see it too, bro. People see the glow. They be like, bro, you look your skin, bro. My skin be clear. I don't be having no acne on my face. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. bro, hair growing nice and healthy. Like, all of that shit plays a role with how you eat. People that, be like, what, do you, what, do you, thing, what do you be doing? I'm like, bro, I just drink a lot of water, eat my fruits and veggies, bro. It's not a rocket science. Thing, yeah. You know, I realize even, I always know when I'm eating too much sugar. Yeah, when I start or, to, or that dairy, I get a little bumpy. Too much milk, eat too much milk, eat too much cheese. That will definitely cause acne breakouts. Mm-hmm. So, okay, one question for you. I know we definitely. Um, this is we probably good, one that. Good. Oh yeah, I'm this. I'm saying this. Yeah, whoa. I'm I'm looking at the time. Like hell, we can go. <laughs> we can keep this going. Nah, we can keep going. No, I, I think um, this is one that I think we both would just love to talk about. Yeah. All the time, all day, every day. Keys to maintain a discipline and motivation through your journey. Specific, you know, you're if you're going toward, you know, changing your lifestyle to a healthier sense, but even outside of that, across all areas, business, spirituality, and, and changing your mindset. Like, what what are the the keys that you kind of always go back to? What helps you stay in that in that mode? It's not easy. I think people don't realize how much work actually goes into the work. Man. It's like you got to prepare for the preparation. You have to be mentally... You got to be mentally disciplined. Mentally prepared. Because what I realized for me, doing the quote-unquote work is not really the hard part. It's the Mm -hmm. the mental. I'm telling you, bro. Like, it'd be times for me when I'm I'm doing certain things in my life and I'm like, like today, bro, I had to edit and so I could drop that video. I told myself I'm dropping that video today. And I edited it, and I did what I had to do. I didn't feel like editing. I'm like, bro, I'm, it's Sunday. I could be chilling. You know what I'm saying? I had a long week. But I'm like, yo, let's 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 hold ourselves to what we said we was going to do and do it. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. it's those type of things, keeping those commitments to yourself and just always reminding yourself of like, yo, I get to do this. This is going to help me win. This is going to be good for me. Mm-hmm. When you remind yourself of those reasons as to why you're doing what you're doing, it kind of like keeps that discipline intact. Because discipline is really just about doing things that you need to do even when you don't feel like it. You're not going to always feel motivated. Motivation is trash. Oh, man. I think we lost it. We lost some connection for a second. All right, y'all, hold up. Technical difficulties. We might have to. I'm not I'm not sure what it all uh, went out, but I think we're back on. Let's see. I know I got it recording. It doesn't show it. Hold up. All right. Yeah, we should be back on. Yeah, I was talking about um discipline. But yeah, man, it's going to be times where you really don't feel the most disciplined. You don't you don't feel like doing it. But you got to just remind yourself of the reasons why it's good for you. That's what keeps me going. And to be honest, looking at my old self and just looking at how far I've come 
and just yeah. being like, bro, the 15 year old, you would be like, yo, that's me today. Like, mm-hmm. I would be so proud. You know what I'm saying? And you got to remind yourself, like, I'm not just doing this for my current self. I'm doing this for my future self. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's the biggest realization that has helped me a lot, too. Is it's not just about right now. All these things that I'm doing is going to help me somewhere down the line. And I'll be looking back at some of my decisions like, yo, like, I'm glad I started this chef brand in 2019. I'm glad I started posting. I'm glad I made a Twitter. I'm like, it'd be the randomest stuff. Like, I'm glad yeah. I spoke to that person that day. I'm glad I worked all those restaurant jobs. So I got experience. Like, sometimes in the moment, you might not really understand what you're doing or even, like, 100% be in it all the way. But I promise you, you're going to look back and be like, yo, I'm glad that, like, all those different single little things that I was doing, it, like, it's a compound. You know what I'm saying? And you're going to thank yourself. You're going to look back and thank yourself and be like, yo, I'm so glad I started. Because I realized for me, I don't necessarily regret the things that I did, but it's more so I regret the things that I didn't do. Like, mm-hmm. damn, I wish I would have did that. I wish I would have took more time to do this. You know what I'm saying? So that's what kind of helps me stay more disciplined. And even too, like, when I look at my peers and I get inspired, bro. You know what I'm saying? I hang around a lot of, I have a lot of, like, solid people in my life. And I've been meeting a lot more new people like you too, you know, and just seeing other people that's like around my age and, you know, doing similar things or even that's not in my age group or, you know, not my race or whatever. I get inspired by a lot of things and just sometimes just seeing other people push through despite whatever they're going through. Like that inspires me like, yo, okay, if they could do that shit, I could do it. You know what I'm saying? They human just like me. You know what I'm saying? So that's some things that I would say that helped me. So I say, and you 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 went to an interesting spot toward the end there. Another thing that we both um, we've talked about together, and that I know you know we both use our platforms individually to you know promote the idea of, of building a tribe. Um, so I, you know I, I'd love to kind of get your thoughts on that as far as one just the importance of building a tribe. You know, like what do you, yeah. why do you think that's so valuable? Um, and then two kind of. Not even necessarily advice. I think it's hard to advise people on how to build a tribe. It, it, it definitely is a to each his own thing, you know, however that works for you it, best. It kind of it is. Because I would say um, everybody's tribe is not going to look the same. Right. And I feel like the reasons as to why you want to build a tribe also play a role as well. You know, some people don't necessarily care to have like a tribe or a community or whatever. And that's fine. Some people are just more solo and they want to rock out. So they so, and to be honest, I'm like that in a lot of ways. Like I am very mm-hmm. social and outgoing and extroverted, but I am also like a lot of times to myself and kind of just like in my own little world. Yeah. So I do feel like having a tribe is essential because it can help you take some of the pressure off yourself and make you realize like, okay, there's other people around my age. There's other people that's going through similar things that I'm going through. We're all on this journey together, but we're still all on our own separate journeys. You get what I'm saying? But we can still come together and share ideas. We can still come together and, and, you know, inspire each other and stuff like that. And as humans, we're social creatures, and that's very important. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't do it all by yourself. And that's a lesson that I had to learn heavy last year. Like, I'm I'm very independent, and I don't always like asking or having to reach out. I'd rather just – I'm the type of person, I'm going to do it myself. Like, if I can figure out how to do it myself, I'm going to do it myself. Yeah. And I'm learning, like, okay – you can't move like that all the time, bro. It's going to be instances where you need to, like, reach out. And you might need a community. You might need a tribe. 
of people that you can, you know, lean on sometimes. You don't don't feel like you got to always do everything solo. And I think as men too, that's a big thing because mm-hmm. I think women are good at knowing how to like, you know, come together and and talk things out and like, you know, stuff like that. Sometimes as men, we kind of tend to think we got to always isolate ourselves and just be, oh, the lone soldier or the lone wolf. I'm going to handle it alone. It's like, bro, that might not, that's not, sometimes you can, you can get things solved better if you actually collaborate with somebody or you actually reach out. You know what I'm saying? Instead of just trying to always do it all on your own. But nah, man, tribe is important, man. I feel like it's about balance though. Everybody in the tribe or the community should bring something of value and should be adding Mm -hmm. And contributing. It shouldn't just be people just taking, 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 taking. We got to contribute as much as we take. You know what I'm saying? But everybody got to carry their own weight as well. So as long as everybody in the group is carrying their own weight, I feel like it's great. You know what I'm saying? And you can learn. You can learn a lot more. Yeah, you can learn a lot more. You know what I'm saying? You can learn a lot on your own, but even just from this conversation with you, like I learned so much just from being around others. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I say often, it's gotta be a potluck, not a buffet. You know, you think about a buffet is beautiful cause it's endless, but it's a spread, but it's only yeah. one person back there cooking most of the time. Exactly. Exactly. And then that person that often don't get to eat until everybody else does. And that's just not fair. But when you got the potluck, if I bring the mashed potatoes and you got the gravy, I'm not eating right. my mashed potatoes without gravy, and no you're grace. not eating your gravy you without mashed potatoes. Mashed potatoes. <laughs> yeah, so we both, and we're going to get down and dirty, and we're going to have us a good time. We're going to eat well, and hopefully we, then we gonna, this is the one time we okay with having the itis, uh, because we just had a phenomenal meal together. No, I definitely, I think that's beautiful. Yes, that word balance is so important, especially in collaboration. Um, and it's community. really, it's really about, it's really about mutual benefit. I feel like that's what I kind of mm-hmm. realized over the years. I just want to be in situations and environments where it's a mutual benefit. It doesn't feel like it's only one person just doing everything or receiving everything, but it's a, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a, it's a give and a take. To me, those are the best relationships because nice. it doesn't make people feel unappreciated. It doesn't make, it doesn't give people a sense of entitlement either. Because when you're always constantly getting something, you can get that sense of entitlement of like, oh, they're going to always do this for me. And it's like, mm-hmm. it's, not, it's not how it should be. Everybody should be giving and receiving something. So that way everybody feels like satisfied. People get unsatisfied in groups when they feel like they're not getting the attention or they're not getting the same due as they see everybody else getting. Yep. That's facts. Uh, no, so I say one thing that's interesting and, and it goes toward, you know, again, you being multifaceted. It's it's interesting, especially we've talked about the freelance thing, the, you know, spread being, you know, your own boss, being an entrepreneur. So I, I, I wonder specifically, and the tribe thing may be or finding that side of tribe or extending out networking, maybe one of the pieces. But as a creator and an entrepreneur and, you know, having these different hats that you have to wear, you know, what is the most challenging aspect of what you do? You know, from and you talked about earlier, you know, kind of the idea of continuing to build and change and, and find new things. And is it is part of it the innovation? Is it, you know, changing your game up, looking for new recipes? The, is it the creation side? Is it editing? Is it running your own business, being your own boss? What is the hardest part about being Chef Lonnie G? Wow, that's a great question. That's like the first time anybody's ever really asked me that question. 
I'm Ooh. curious, man. I want to know. I'm like, I love, That's especially really when it comes question, to other man. bosses. I'm like, because I know, I know, you know, kind of how it goes for me. And I'm like, shit, I can give you a few yeah. of them, but I know what's the hardest part for sure. I feel like that's such a good question, man. Wow. That even got me thinking. That's the toughest part, man. I feel like maybe the toughest part sometimes. Mm. I think the toughest part, sometimes it feels like it's not enough time in a day. But mm-hmm. then other times it just feels like, wow, maybe I'm putting too much on my plate. And that's why mm-hmm. it feels like that. And I think the toughest part can sometimes just be, it feels like I have so much to do, but I'm like the only one who I can really rely on to do it to the quality that I see in my mind. Yeah, And that's why I said just about the question earlier about me teaching myself that I need to get better at, you know, putting myself in more communal environments and not feeling like I got to do everything myself. Because the thing with me is, I want it done a certain way. Like I have mm-hmm. a standard in my mind of how I want it to be done. And sometimes when you're working with other people, they might not always understand that. They might not really understand how much it means to you. And like when you're doing a business or building a brand, a lot of times you're going to believe in it and care about it more than anybody. Yep. It's like the CEO of a company, bro. They're going to care about that company more than the employees are. That's just the facts. They created it. You know what I'm saying? The employees are there to get a check. So I can't be mad at you for not caring about it to the level that I care about it. And I yep. think for me, maybe that might be the toughest part of just feeling like I have to do everything on my own. And that's why I wear all these different hats. But I told myself this year, it's going to be different. You know, I'm going to start reaching out and connecting with people and trying to help myself delegate like i would love to have like a sous chef on my team or somebody mm-hmm. i know can help me like with editing and you know content and videography i just met a videographer like two days ago bro i've been telling myself yo i need a videographer excuse me i need a videographer i'll be filming i film all my content bro everything that you see me put out i'm doing that shit myself like 99 yeah. percent. so it's just like having people on a team would really help me a lot but that's probably the toughest part. And then sometimes just having the energy. Bro, it's times I'm running off two hours of sleep. Mm-hmm. I'm clocking. I'm, go, I'm, I'm going to work. And I'm doing my business. And I'm creating content. I'm sitting down. You know, I got ideas to write down. Taking, recording things. Like, it's just a lot that I be doing, bro. I'm running three social media pages. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, it, it be a lot sometimes. And I don't try to complain about it. You know, I'm just like, yo, I'm just doing what I need to do. That's how yeah. I look at it at this point. I'm just doing what needs to be done. But sometimes it does feel like it's a lot. Like when I really sit down and think, like even now just thinking about how much I do, it's like, wow, like how am I doing all of this by myself? It's almost amazing. I feel like LeBron when he was in Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, it comes a point in time where you got to go to Miami metaphorically and be like, yeah. okay, you know what? It's time to go put a team together yeah. so we can go win some chips. Because I, I fucking can't just love do that. it solo. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that was that was crazy though. But so, but what's interesting about that analogy right there? And I, that, I had never looked at it like that. But damn! But LeBron still went back to he went back to Cleveland and he still had to be Iron Man. He did, but he had like a at some team. level LeBron still got to be LeBron. He had a better supporting cast when he did come. But yeah. The difference, but the difference is is that he still had some type of help. He wasn't just 
taking no names to the finals. You know what I'm saying? You're right. Like, it's not like he was like an 07. Bro, he took a bunch of bums to the finals, which is still, I can't even believe he did that. <laughs> with that. With those teams that he had, they were not that good, bro. And it's insane. So with that type of mindset that I kind of like made that analogy with, I realized like, yeah, bro, like you're a great all around talent on your own, but you're mm-hmm. going to still need assistance in other ways. Because the higher that you go and the levels that I want to reach, I know I'm going to have to have other people around me to help me with that. Yeah. And that's going to require a lot of trust and patience because I, I, I got to remind myself like, yo, these people are not going to care about the thing that you care about to the level that you care about because it's not their thing. Yeah, they may rock with you and, and love you, but you get mm-hmm. what I'm saying? They're not going to ever care to the level that you care. And that's sometimes the toughest tool to swallow for a lot of like entrepreneurs and, you know, self-made people that's doing this on their own. They just feel like, well, I don't want anybody touching it or running it because this is my thing. It's like, you know, it's like your baby. Like, you don't want to, you're not just going to let anybody babysit your kid. Yeah. That's a fact. You're going to do them checks and balances and make sure they valid and be like, okay. I need to make sure whoever's watching my kid is top notch. And mm-hmm. it's the same thing with like your business, your brand or whatever you're building. You kind of treat it like a little baby. Like, I don't want to make this thing. I've invested so much time and energy and work. You know, I don't want to just, just give this off to anybody. You know? Yeah. It's like, it's like, a, pers- it's like a personal thing. But that's oh, yeah. probably the I toughest part. I think uh, I, I definitely I agree with you. I think definitely uh, even on my side and what I, I think I tend to find, again, talking about the people that, you know, are in not necessarily industry because we're not in the same, you know, direct space. Right. But we're it's a lot of the, the idea of the mission being so, so similarly aligned. People that are, you know, in our space, the legacy makers, the world builders, the change makers, the people that are trying to actually build some shit. Our, our biggest issue and our probably biggest worry is the, yeah, like so much to do, not enough time. Right. And I, I think often I have to, I told you, I'm like, I have to remind myself I'm only 22, but then it's like, well, shit, I'm 22. It's like how much, I don't know how much time I got left on this motherfucker. I'm hoping it's, you know, a good amount of time. I, I pray to God that it's a, you know, I have a long, bountiful life, but regardless, it's a lot of shit that's got to get done. And man, time is, is so far. I, I asked my friend not too long ago, you know, what's your biggest fear? And that, that I tend to find that, you know, our biggest fear, people like us, it tends to be not even just time, but it's the lack of control over time. It's like, damn, I know that this time is going to pass and something has to be done with it. Like, I'm not going to just let this time just be um, idle. But it's, yeah, like that, that need for, I'm completely against hustle culture, but everything about hustle culture is me. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's, it's, it's that catch 22 that's fucked up and I don't know what to do about it sometimes. It's crazy that you say that about time. Cause I had this conversation with somebody earlier about that, about how time is the only resource that we have that's limited and we don't know how much of it we have left. Mm-hmm. Think about if we only had like a thousand gallons left of water in the whole world. You can ration it. Think about that. But think about you only have a thousand gallons of water left, but you don't know. All right, there's a good stopping point. So what we have coming up is the game. I just want to know the questions. Uh, we did have yeah, three questions for Chef Lonnie J. The last two, you'll hear no issue. Uh, but that first one, that first question, like I said, so it was 
which album does he prefer, Born Center or 2014 Four Shows Drive? Because I know that he's a big music fan and we have a lot of the same music taste. Uh, but specifically, I, I noticed and I can kind of I confirm without having to ask, but he confirmed it as well that J. Cole is indeed his favorite rapper. Um, and similar to me, you know, grew up on him, raised him, kind of, um, you know, sat as a role model for him in that sense as well. So, yeah, definitely had to get that question out the way and we get that. When that thousand gallons will be about editing, okay. you can you can clip everything yeah, back together. <laughs> okay, yeah. but yeah, what was that saying? So yeah, um, Born Center or Four Hills? So off rip, I'm going Four Hills, but I'm gonna give you my argument mm-hmm. for Born Center because yeah. I feel like it don't get enough love. Sideline Story was J Cole's technically first album, right? But he dropped Friday Night Lights, which he thought was gonna be his first album. Was gonna get him signed. It didn't work out like that. Right? Jay Z made him put out another album. So he put out another album. I feel like Born Center was J. Cole's actual first complete album because it had everything. Mm-hmm. It had like the bangers on there. It had the introspective songs. It had good features. It had a good storyline. Start to finish. Yeah. I love like the theme. You know, it kind of has like this, like, I don't know how to describe it, like this dark, like gospel influence, but not dark gospel influence. Mm-hmm. Almost like kind of like what Ye was doing with Donda a little bit with some of the like Christian influences, but a little bit not like that. I don't know how to explain it, but I feel like Born Center doesn't get enough credit because they had a lot of my favorite songs that I really liked when I first became a Cole fan. Like that was mm-hmm. the album that I really kind of knew. So hearing songs like Power Trip, you know what I'm saying? Forbidden Fruit, um, Land of the Snakes. Like, a lot of those songs were really, really good. I'm like, yo, Born Center is really a classic. But then when Forest Hills came out, I was like, nah. That was, <laughs> I related to crazy. that. That album has gotten me through so much of my life, bro. Like, Man. oh my God. That Man. and Take Care are two of my albums. That I'm like, yo, them the albums that really got me through a lot. Because I was in high school, bro. Mm-hmm. I was in 11. No, I was in, technically, the album came out 2014, December 9th. I was in 12th grade. Mm-hmm. OG Adolescence, bro. Literally, yeah. what I was going through, like not a hundred percent, but I could relate to that so much. Like when he was talking about just different things with like women and stuff like that, and like you know the girl you attracted to being being attracted to the star player on the team, but you don't got the confidence. Yeah. Like all these different <laughs> things, like bro, like bro, that that album is just so relatable, and I just love the story that Cole. Like I already knew Cole's story because I went back and listened to his old music, but the way he repainted mm-hmm. that story. And then the fact that he did it with no features, bro. And I know every J. Cole fan, we always say this. Like, he did double plat, no features. He's the but first it's person true. It's true. But he really did it, bro. It's fucking like, true. Like, he went double platinum. It's that triple platinum at this point, I think. Triple platinum with yeah. no features, bro. And it, it was really a great album from start to finish, you know? And I'm just like, wow. Like, this was a masterpiece, bro. Like, everything that he's saying mm-hmm. resonated. And I remember when I was a freshman in college, like... Just spinning that album, spinning that and Kimber Butterfly on repeat, like, oh my God. Because yeah. Kendrick and Cole, like, two of my top favorites. And I'm just like, yo. So if I had to pick one, I'm going for Hills. But Born Center is literally right there. Yeah. People don't I be love giving it. Born Center. Go back. People need to go back and listen to Born Center. If you listen to this, go back yes. and listen to Born Center, please. And just go remind back and yourself, listen to Born Center. Because that was a really Let- good album. I don't think people get enough. It I mean, some of the production is a little outdated. Like, when I listen to some of those songs, I'm like, damn, it so. does sound a little old. Like, Forest Hill is still cold as weight. Like, it still sounds fresh. Yeah, oh, yeah. But Forest yes. Center, some of them songs do sound a little dated. Like, okay, yeah, that definitely sounds like it was made in 2013, for real. But Forest Hill You gotta go back and listen to Trouble. Man. It's Trouble. 
That song too. If I you, feel like that song could really be used in like movies or TV shows. Like as an opening. Mm-hmm. Like I thought about Euphoria. I don't know if you've seen that show. I thought yeah, that, that song could be, would that be would such hit. a great song for Euphoria. I was like, yo, has anybody thought about using that song in that show? I don't know. Maybe it was just me, but Hey, they, if, if anybody if they if they start using trouble for for uh, movie or TV intros after this, this gonna be my 20%. somebody better cut him a check, cut him a check, <laughs> cut my man's a correct credit director check, man. <laughs> Need it. And, uh, okay, I can't yeah, no, that was a great answer. But nah, uh, yeah, I agree with you 100 percent though. I'm 100 percent with you. Okay, number two. So with you, you know, with the Jamaican influence for sure behind a lot of what you still do before going vegan, oxtails or jerk chicken? Yeah, that's a toughie. I know. Okay, so look, I was never that crazy about oxtails. Oh that's no. So I'm gonna have to go jerks because I was never that crazy about oxtails. Really, like it's good, but I personally wasn't like, oh my god. It's the craziest mm-hmm. thing I ever had. But that jerk, nah. Crazy. Jerk chicken is crazy. crazy. And that's why I'm so glad that's I taught myself the- how to make that jerk chickpea joint. Because I'm like, I need them flavors of that jerk. Yeah. Like the plant-based way. Ooh. Nah, that jerk Jerk crazy, seasoning though. is insane. It's crazy, man. There's so many people that have not had that have not had Caribbean or Jamaican food. Like, they've not I'll be trying to tell gotten people, the, the full... I'm like, nigga, you never Y'all had no planting? I'm like, never what's see, happening you know, here? Hip, man. You hip. I like you, bro. You hip, bro. Hey, People don't be knowing hey, about the planting. Cu- like, what? That's all I ate growing so up, I, bro. I got a... Uh, my, my, my dad's little sister, my aunt, yeah. She her, her husband is Caribbean. My okay, Cal, see, so you know. He used, you know, man. Yeah, yeah. So we used to get deep because that was my favorite, you know, favorite people to be around. Like, if it wasn't with my my parents, that's who I was with. So it was like, all yeah. I knew was, yeah, getting to, and then coming from Chicago, like, we eat jerk chicken heavy. Like, that's a big thing. So, yeah, it was yeah. like, we stayed at the Jamaican joints. Uh, so, no, definitely. When I was in New York class, I, I think I had oxtails. Three, four different type of. Oh yeah, in New York. hella Caribbean spots in New York too. Yeah, I was like, it's, I gotta give it patience. It's it's a lot of Caribbean spots up there in New York too. Man. Yeah, it's just like Florida. It's very diverse. Yep, That's I, crazy, said, I gotta give it the patience. <laughs> Good answer. Okay, I like it. And then last question, but well, the last one is much more. I guess not much more personal, but you know, less um less abstract or more abstract in that sense. So, what is your favorite okay. dish to cook? And then, what would you say is your best dish that you cook? Oh, I like, I like, you had some really good questions. Okay. Um, <laughs> man, what is my favorite dish to cook? And what is my best? That is so tough, bro. Wow. My favorite, think on personally, it. Think on it. but it's kind, it's, it's kind of been changing a little bit. But if I had to say my, my favorite. Oh, that's tough. Because I've made some really good dishes in my life. Oh, my God. <laughs> I love it. Toot that's your horn. Toot your, toot your horn. Ooh, I got some bangers in the cut. I'm trying to think. Okay. I might I might even do a top five. That's hard. That's cool. Yeah, okay. that works. That works. My favorite, dish that, my favorite dish that I like personally, though, that I think I like eating the most, because I feel like mm-hmm. I judge my favorite based on how much I eat it. If I could eat it a lot of times and I get tired of it, then I would consider that my favorite. Because there's some okay. dishes that I like, but that I don't. I wouldn't want to eat it all the time. I'm like, nah, yeah, I don't fair. want that all the time. It's that chickpea curry. Chickpea curry with either jasmine rice 
for quinoa, seasoned really good, and with fried plantains on the side and some roasted asparagus. That sounds fire. This is something yes, about it. Yes. That chickpea curry is made with coconut milk, turmeric, curry powder. Oh my god, bro! It's so good. It's so good. And that was like the first vegan dish I really, really learned how to master. Like I used to make that like so many times because it was like the only thing I knew how to make for a minute. It was mm-hmm. one of the few vegan things I knew how to make for a minute. So I'm like, I'm gonna ride this out until I learn some new stuff. But I like it. That chickpea curry was the one. Now my best. Are we just talking about strictly dinner dishes, or are we talking about like breakfast, lunch? It could be anything. Everything. Dessert. Look, you you. If, if you bag that deep, if you bag that deep, digging it. If your bag is that deep, yeah, go where you got to go. I can't even it. think of. This. I can't even. I can't even think of some things off the top of my head right now. But I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, that's, I'm a, I that's like asking five. Drake his favorite song, and he'd be like, "Okay, well, are we, are we including mixtapes? So we thinking whatever you got to include. We know your bag is deep. Go for it." That's what I'm saying. Okay, so look, look, look. I'm gonna look at. Okay, I'm gonna say I made a peach cobbler cheesecake last year from scratch. Sheesh! And I feel like that was one of the best things I ever made in my life. I was like, and that it tasted crazy. just as, just, bro, that's crazy. People lost their mind when they saw that. <laughs> I was that selling them for a little bit crazy. too, but um, I stopped selling them for a while. But yeah, that piece of cheesecake, and then I'm trying to think, whatever. What's the second thing that I made? Man, that's so hard. The eggplant lasagna, eggplant lasagna with roasted asparagus. I would put that. I would put that up there as one of my favorites. That's like number two. Um, man, there's so much. There's so much more. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I, I, I love getting okay, stumped on, on, on that on okay. that question is good. You, That's yeah, a good really thing. You really got me in thought right now. Um. Wow. I think I would just have to go to those three. I think the chickpea curry joint, the eggplant lasagna, and the and the because because no one I might even text you later. It might change because I'm because then I'm gonna go back and look okay. at all my stuff and I'm gonna be like, yeah, it's probably something <laughs> different. But if I if I had to pick three right now, I'm gonna go the peach cobbler cheesecake, the eggplant lasagna, and the roasted and the chickpea curry. Those are probably my three favorites as of okay. right now. Now all time, the chickpea curry joint all time, avocado toast. It's up there. I like avocado toast. I like a really good avocado toast. I made a really, mm-hmm. a really good one one time. Super fire. Um, I'm trying to think what else I've done. I've done over the years because I've made some good stuff. Yeah. I made a lot of good stuff last year, but that's just fresh in my mind. Like all those recipes I said was recipes that I really made like the past year. But yeah. I'm trying to think before like 2022. Um, damn, bro. I made some really fire tacos, some barbecue jackfruit tacos. I used to eat those a lot. Oh my god! I saw that. Fresh avocado, fresh avocado, pico de gallo. I don't know. I don't think those are the barbecue jackfruit tacos. Those were jerk chickpea tacos, but those are fire too. Mm. But the barbecue jackfruit tacos. Oh my god! Oh, I just remembered. Okay, so there's these oyster mushrooms that I made. I used a jerk barbecue sauce, and I made jerk barbecue oyster mushroom wings, bro. Sheesh. It's literally yeah, that's, like wings, yeah, that sounds fire. Bro, it's so good, man. I wish more people that could sounds, taste it. That sounds OP. 
Oh, and another one, spinach empanadas. I love spinach empanadas, bro. The, oh, in Miami, okay. it's a lot of Cubans and stuff down here, and they sell spinach empanadas, and I taught myself how to make it. I love it's spinach, like, okay, and I love a good empanada. It's, it's, it's so good. It's so simple, but it's so good. But, um, yeah, if I had to pick, like, four... <laughs> Them the four I'm gonna go with because that's so hard. Bro. That's so hard. I hate I hate ranking my own stuff. <laughs> I love because it though. Like, I, that's the like, best. Bro, I like all of them like low key equally. Like nah, I like all of them this as much. But yeah, if I had to pick, if I had to pick like four, I go with those. I love it. Oh yeah. Okay. So so last 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 question. Anything we need to know going forward? Any uh, special announcements? Anything big that we need to be keeping an eye out for? Um, do I want to spoil the surprise? Uh, don't spoil no surprise. No, I don't. Look, well, I say if you want to give me the exclusive, I take the exclusive. But you don't have to spoil no surprises. Nah, I mean, I would say as for right now, I don't have any major announcements, but I have been working on a lot of different things and I do got a lot more on my sleeve. So, you know, stay tuned, man. The year is really just starting, you know, it's only February. So Facts. Yes, it's going to be a great year. It's been it's been going pretty good so far, man. Um, I'm grateful for everything that's been happening. And yeah, that's all. That's it, really. Just. Stay tuned. <laughs> stay tuned. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Keep your man. eyes open. Keep your eyes open. I love it. Well, yeah, man. We this has been, I mean, a beautiful conversation. I think we hit everything we were we were supposed to, everything we planned to, plus some, plus some on top of that. And that's that's exactly how I want everything that. Um, that's exactly how we expected. I think we knew that's how it would go. Yeah. And there's nothing better than just having these kind of conversations. I cannot wait until we get a chance to do this, you know, sitting down. Real life. Uh, chilling. Yeah. With, with one of your meals in front of us, oh, sitting there tasting man. it. Lot, I'm like, shit, going crazy. <laughs> yeah, no, man. Honest, I can't wait. To be honest, that's like my one of my favorite things. Like doing the live taste test and seeing people taste the food in real life. I love that. But there's one thing that we see it on the internet and being like, yo, it'll look good, but to actually sit there and eat it, it's like, okay. He yeah. not he not just talking that shit for nothing. <laughs> That's death. That's you know, death, it's, man. It's, I love it's it. real in the flesh. But um, yeah, man. Nah, this is great. I really had a good time. These conversations it's really so just good. helped me, like, even just starting the week. Like, it just got me in a good space. Like, you know what I'm saying? It kind of makes me, me realize too. how far I've come and how much I actually know. Like Sometimes I don't be giving myself enough credit for how much I actually know. Like, just sitting here hearing myself speak on things, I'm like, wow. Mm-hmm. And even listening to you, I'm like, yo, like, bro is really smart. Like, you really, bro, you know a lot for your age. I appreciate like, it. I really mean that I for, for real. Like, you advance, bro. And I, I talk to a lot of different people, and I met people your age, and they not, I could tell, I could just tell when people are here with it. Trust me. I, I appreciate tell. that, brother. I definitely I think the biggest thing we can do, especially right now, is celebrate black excellence like nobody's business. Because it's so important. It's so important. Like it's so much I be say I be thinking about this. Like there's so much stuff designed to tear us down already, bro. Yep. You know this. I don't even gotta say that. It's so much designed to tear us down. So we gotta uplift each other. You know what I'm saying? Like we got enough enemies, we got enough BS that we already got to deal with in our own lives and from the world. So mm-hmm. it's only right if we big up each other. You know what I'm saying? We got to. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I appreciate you talking with me, sitting with me. 
for shit. We getting there. We really at two hours. Yeah, really. I don't know we you know that, but we really at two hours. But for real. Yeah, yeah. So that part pull <laughs> out. Like yeah, two hours, I appreciate man. you, man. It did. <laughs> that that's the beauty of, of my life. <laughs> I fucking love it, man. Well, hey, right. you have a wonderful rest of your Sunday. Start this week off right. This will drop on Tuesday. Yeah, man, yeah. Great conversation, brother. Great conversation. Thanks, man. That's all I can really say about it. It's great, man. It, it feels so natural. Like to me, these are the best conversations when it's just flow, like organic. Back. Yes, sir. We're gonna get back to it. We're gonna have more. And look, Siri. No, I wasn't talking. <laughs> they always listen. What is going on? Siri thought I was talking to her. Yeah, she telling me to get the hell off the computer. All right, brother. Hey, well, I'll I will talk to you later. All right, man. And yeah, hey, if you come up with another meal, if you come up with another recipe that you like, that's the one. Let I'll me know. You. We'll add it in the show you, notes. Like, hey. I came up with something, but nah, definitely, man. I appreciate you, bro. For real, for real. For sure, brother. All right, boss. Talk to you later. All right, man. Peace. Bye.